Welcome to the Rockish George Podcast. I'm your host, George Dion, and this is episode 74. Thank you for tuning into the podcast, whether you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform like Apple, Spotify, or Overcast, or through our YouTube page, or at rockisgeorge.com, or at theloudest.com on the planet, knac.com. For this episode, my guest is Sam Spade. He is the bassist and vocalist for the Midnight Devils. Sam last appeared on the podcast for episode 16 about a year ago. Back then, he was promoting the Midnight Devils debut album, Something Bigger, which was an independent release. came out in 2018. Today, Sam's back to promote their major label release. It came out on July 1st. It's called Never Beg For It through Pavement Music. It's a great album if you're into the glam and hard rock of the late 80s, early 90s, and even some 70s glam thrown in there. I had the chance to catch up with Sam while he had a short break from being on the road. The Midnight Devils are road warriors for sure. So here's Sam Spade of the Midnight Devils. Uh, the last time I interviewed you for the Rock is George podcast was back in October of 2021. Uh, back okay. then, you were just kind of starting out. You had your own independent album. You guys were out there touring with a couple of big names, but it seems like you've exploded over the last nine or ten months. Now you're on a uh, a heavyweight record label. You got Chips Enough producing your album. I see you touring across the country. Is, is my assessment accurate that you guys have pretty much blown up over the last nine months uh, yeah you're completely right and it, it, it's such a cool feeling uh to to talk about it and to talk about the kind of the excitement the 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 passion the fire everything it, it's going the way we we wanted it to now i know you can't plan out stuff you know you can have a good plan but there's always like a weird hurdles you have to overcome but yeah things have been going great especially with this brand new record out uh they, they're calling it midnight devil's mania now and uh, really being on tour, that's really what what's doing it. And there's really like no secret. It's just that hard work uh, pounding out on the road that 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 we see works for us at least. And you're kind of a throwback to the late '80s and '90s style of glam rock and metal, and that's sort of kind of the way you're blowing up as you're going back to that roots of touring to get the music out there. Yeah, and I say this a lot, like the uh, the Blueprint was written really by those bands, those bands that influenced us, the bands that we love, Kiss, Van Halen, the Ramones, all these great acts that, that are the reason we're playing. They wrote that, that kind of book on how to do it. You put an album out, you go on the road, and you hit every city that has a venue, that has a stage, no stage even needed. You go to every city and just do it, and you meet those one, two, three, four, five people that are into the same kind of music that get what you're doing and that network just keeps building. And that's what we've been doing for the last six years. And it, you can see it like little by little, the hard work paying off and it getting bigger and it getting better. And uh, being on tour with Pretty Boy Floyd and Enough's Enough earlier in the summer, we did a tour with the Choir Boys, like these these cool bands that, that you know, it seems to work and it helps. And it's such an honor to be on the road with your heroes. It's cool. We just share a band with the guys that we look up to. Absolutely. And you've been touring on this album for a while now, but it was dropped on July 1st. It's called Never Beg For It through Pavement Entertainment. Let's talk a little bit about the songs that are out there so far. I mean, yeah. 
you're not writing Shakespeare. It's a little tongue in cheek with the uh, very much so. Lyrics. So let's talk a little bit about Highway 69. Highway 69 is the uh, the first single that was released uh, for the record. And we knew kind of going in that it was going to be a good song. We've been playing the song live in our set list for probably, uh, you know, a year before the record had even come out, before anything like that. Once we finished it, we were like, all right, let's start playing the song. And it's kind of taken off. It's, it's garnered a life of its own. It's getting radio play all over the world. A, a lot of the, the Internet stations are playing it. Uh, we see it just doing cool things. And that's such an exciting experience because we've never had that before. You know, it's kind of like our first single like our first hit single we're doing a video for it right now and there's going to be a vinyl release uh for highway 69 and working for the weekend both of them are coming out on a limited edition 300 etched vinyl 12 inch single it's going to be really cool and we're just kind of capitalizing on the momentum that highway 69 has kind of been giving us uh let's talk a little bit about the second single working for the weekend working for the weekend came about it wasn't initially in the plan to do that song and we got to Chip's house in Blue Island, Illinois. We had our 10 tracks ready to roll. And he sits up back on this velvet couch. He's got the hat on the glass on. He's like, all right, bro, I'm gonna need a, I'm gonna need a cover. The record label's gonna want a cover. As we're gonna put it out as your first single. So come back tomorrow and have a cover ready to go. And we're like, a cover? We haven't planned on doing any of this. So we're, we're driving around Chicago and we stopped to get a hot dog, the world famous Chicago hot dogs. I think Turn Me Loose comes on the radio or, or somebody suggests Turn Me Loose by Loverboy. And we're like, yeah, we'd love that song, but I don't know if it's quite right. And then uh, Sniper goes, well, still working for the weekend. We already had this kind of Chris Farley-esque uh, imagery going on with, with the Chris Farley pink with devil horns. And I go, that's perfect, dude, because we can totally parlay working for the weekend, the Chris Farley SNL thing, and kind of do our own spin on it. And people from, uh, you know, that time period will get it and think it's funny. And, and that's the whole idea with that video is it's lighthearted. It's funny. It's, it's exactly what the Midnight Devils are, which is just a riot in itself. I love it. And I love that it's not taken so super seriously. That uh, pink devil you talk about it is the pink bastard, correct? The pink bastard, yes, from Parts Unknown. And he's uh, an, an homage to Chris Farley, you say? Kind of, it, was, it wasn't initially like that. We had that idea to do the pink bastard. Uh, I don't even know where the idea came, but you know, like bands will be like, they'll have uh, super sexy girls on stage or models. You know, Motley Crue does it. And I go, it's been done. I love it, but it's been done. Let's do something completely different that really throws people off and, and, and just makes them laugh. And that's my cousin is the pink bastard. Uh, and he, he, we just had this idea. Let's, let's put devil horns on him. Let's paint him completely pink and have him walk out on stage. Like kind of our mascot, like Eddie from Iron Maiden. And we did it one night and it just it, it took off. And now we'll, we'll play shows. He'll show up early. He'll be in the pink bastard get up, you know, from from the time where, you know, the doors are open. He's walking around. The other bands are like, these guys are absolutely insane. These guys are out of their minds. But it works. And it's so cool. It's such a good idea. Are you planning a third single to release from the album? We are absolutely right now. Uh, I don't know if I should say it, but I believe we're looking at doing the, the, the first song off there, like the lead off track, Sound of Domination, I believe. Like once Highway 69 comes out, we'll kind of assess the situation. We're hoping that single will, or that video will pop out right before uh, we go back on the road in October, November. And then uh, I think to close out our year, we'll probably have Sound of Domination be the, that third single off the record. 
you talked about a vinyl for the singles. Are you considering maybe down the road a vinyl for the album itself? I would love to do that. And it is such a, a, a hard thing to do to kind of put it into motion, if you will. Because you're like, oh, I'm a musician. Like, well, I, we've, I've been doing this 20 years and I got a ton of CDs, whatever. But I don't have a vinyl. I don't have any music on vinyl. And no, I don't think any of the guys in the band do. So to we, we decided we want to do something really special and unique. So it's brand new artwork, uh, front cover artwork. And on the back is a picture of us playing at the Whiskey A Go-Go in, in Hollywood. It's really cool. And, and the designs are great. But the thing is, it takes a year almost, eight months, to produce a vinyl, a record. So you think, like, you got to kind of plan eight months in advance to release that record. But I definitely think that Never Beg For It on its own uh, stands up and, and deserves a, a cool vinyl release for the collectors, you know? <laughs> now, of course, you mentioned that Chip's Enough of Enough's Enough produced the album. I'm assuming that this relationship was born out of you guys opening for Enough's Enough. Yeah, it really was. And uh, Jimmy, our drummer, Jimmy Mess, lived with Chip. If you can even imagine those two living under the same roof, uh, Jimmy Mess, you know, he is the mess, the, the rock and roll deviant. And then Chip, the mayor of Glamtown, smokes more weed than anybody I've ever met. Like those two living under the living under the same roof, I can't even imagine what it was like. But that's how the relationship was formed. And Jimmy's out of Chicago, Chip's out of Chicago. It, it was just a natural thing that we'd start doing shows together. And this cool relationship and this bond between the Midnight Devils and Enough Snuff, like our two bands get along so well. It's almost like we complement each other. And it's such a cool thing to be on the road with Chip be on the road with the rest of the guys like the, even their tour manager has kind of taken us in under his wing and it's just this cool uh back and forth where we hang out with those guys even on our days off we'll, we'll sit in a hotel parking lot and hang out with those guys all night long just because it's like it's just this brotherhood this camaraderie and that's how it, it initially started and chip was really the one that goes i want to produce your record bro and we're like okay let's do it man this is great just to have like a hero, the guy you got his picture hanging on your wall when you're a kid, now is producing the record. It's such a cool thing. I would imagine he has a unorthodox producing style. I can't imagine it's normal like everybody else. It was unorthodox and it was uh, brilliant all at the same time, which I, I think recording records is probably my least favorite part about being in a band, like going into the studio and laying tracks down. I absolutely hate it, trying to get better at it. But with Chip, it was... You know, he's got such a cool place, uh, the history there, and the way he kind of made you feel at home and made you feel like he was a part of this as much as I was a part of this. And, and I thought that was really cool. Uh, he just, you know, he just sat there on this couch. He goes, play, play the songs, bro. I want to hear him. And he would just critique him and make him that much better. And, and for, for instance, he'd be like, Jimmy, don't play any fills at all. Play no fills on the whole record. And I'm like, that, I don't think that's right. And then I would listen back and I go, oh my gosh, how did he know? That's exactly what, what the song needed. You know, it really serves the songs and uh, his ear. I, I have the most respect for it. But yes, it was a lot of like sitting around couches, just talking, just talking about telling stories and, and smoking weed. There's was haze in, the, uh, in his room, but the results are there. And he, put, he helped us put out a great record. Absolutely. It sounds great. And I would recommend it to anyone that's a fan of the genre or just rock and roll in general. And you managed to get this album out on uh, Pavement Music and you got some heavyweight names on that label. Ted Nugent, Puddle of Mud, Power Man 5000, Candlebox. How did you get the deal with Pavement? 
it's all through uh, it's all through the the chips enough kind of wheel the network if you will so being related uh, you know kind of in relation with chips enough uh, he got us in touch with artists worldwide which is our booking agent Chuck at artists worldwide and Chuck just hit me up one day and he's like you guys need a label for for the new release and i was like yeah we do but uh so many labels had turned us down at that time like uh the big ones the heavyweights out of europe the guys that you'd think would be like oh a glam band out of the u.s they were like no you guys are too crazy you're too wild it's too over the top too glam even the one out of australia you know i'm trying not to name names here and drag people through the mud but the, they, they all passed on us and all these labels that i thought man were this perfect fit pavement comes in and goes i get it it was tim um Tim King and Mark, they go, I get it. I get exactly what you guys are doing. It's glam, it's punk, it's street music. It's, it, it's supposed to be dangerous and unpredictable and beautiful and, and sexual and freeing and everything like that. That's what it's supposed to be. We love it. Let's put this record out. And image is kind of part of the band along mm -hmm. with this sound. You guys definitely play up the part. Is there something or someone that inspires the way each of your personas come out? I think there is. I think there's a, a different, each guy is kind of influenced by, I want to say by what he grew up with. So there's like, like Sniper, our guitar player, Chris, you know, he's this Van Halen guy, just this Van Halen nut. He's on like the eternal search, the quest for the greatest guitar tone. But he's really the guy that takes it uh, very serious. And he is our musical director in the band. And not that we, we have no time to rehearse. So you kind of have to know your parts. And you get up on stage and play. And if you mess up, he lets you know. So the whole goal is to not mess up, you know. So he, at the end of the show, he doesn't go, you messed up, you, you know, get your head out of your ass. He's cool like that. Where Jimmy, uh, Jimmy kind of grew up, him and I grew up very similar, even on different parts of the country. But we grew up listening to punk music and playing in punk bands and touring with punk rock groups. And I think Jimmy's taste really uh, comes directly from that, that the, the Ramones, essentially. But there was that weird time of the 90s where they had like this bubblegum glam. I don't know if you remember that this time where it was like uh, the Peppermint Creeps was what the big one, Trash Brats, all these bands that that took glam to a whole nother level. And I thought that was such a cool thing that we had in common that we nobody was really doing it anymore. Nobody's exploiting that that kind of market of hyper glam and hyper image. And, and, and this, this kind of, it's, it's cross-dressing, but not really cross-dressing. It, it's just, uh, a shock and awe and a wow and we got to see what these guys are going to do these guys are walking around the club looking like uh rodeo clowns in brasiers like what are they going to be like on stage and so i take that and mine mine is directly influenced from kiss and alice cooper and those those glam godfathers have you had any resistance to the whole image as far as getting bookings because some people think that stuff has had its time Absolutely. I don't, I don't necessarily know that it was, uh, that they're like, Oh, you know, glam rock is done. This, this hair stuff is, is over. It's that these guys are too wild. These guys are too crazy. Like this is not going to fit. Like I, there was one, it was like, uh, who was it? Oh, can I, I'll, I'll, I'll lay it on the line for you, George. It's I wanted the dead daisies tour. There was a dead daisies tour a couple years back. And I go, man, I'm such a huge, uh, Glenn Hughes fan, deep purple. I think it's brilliant. They're like, absolutely not you guys do not fit at all <laughs> i was like devastated but i think oh man this is so cool but so there is that resistance but i think it's cool and i think that all it does is 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 push us to go even harder and to go even more out of left field and and to really take this image and run with it because nobody else is really doing it 
and we're like the only guys that got the balls to to stand up on stage wearing lipstick wearing eyeliner wearing you know glitter covered whatever nobody's doing it and i think that people want that people want the show people want the the just to take them out of reality and to make it look really good you just had a cross the country trek with uh pretty boy floyd and enough's enough the glam slam metal jam from what i've seen online it looks like huge success did any of the people that saw you open up think that you were part of the era that enough's enough and pretty boy floyd came from oh absolutely we get that all the time they go oh you guys are in pretty boy floyd i'm like no we're not like we're not at all but it's cool to be in that in that conversation and to be kind of categorized like that but they go like you look really young to be in enough's enough I'm like, I'm not in enough enough, but we're the opening act. And I think that there's so, so much, uh, you know, there's like the, it's coming around for full circle because we sit there and learn from enough enough and learn from pretty boy Floyd. These guys have toured the world and we're just about to start doing that. So any like of the wisdom that comes in, we'll take and just soak it up. But I'll sit there at the merch table with Steve and, and with Chip. And it's like the three lead singers sitting there at the merch table and they'll be like, oh, yes, I want the Pretty Boy Floyd back patch. And I'll be like, I know you want that, but we're also the support act. And we're riding with them. So if you want to buy our CD, too, I guarantee you're going to love it. Like, this is going to be cool. Just wait. Ten minutes, we'll be up on stage. So it, it's a cool thing. And, uh, like, becoming per close personal friends with Steve Summers, the guys in Pretty Boy Floyd, man, it's, it's a dream come true. I call Steve all the time just to see what's up. Like, that's such a crazy thing to me. You have a big show coming up this weekend, although this podcast will air after the show. It's Rocklahoma, and Rocklahoma kind of two big things with that. One, it used it started off as like a big uh, hair and glam festival, and it's kind of kind of morphed into something else. But that's kind of where uh, you guys first kind of started making a name for yourself, correct? Absolutely, you were one hundred percent right on the mark there. Rocklahoma, it, it was such a goal of mine to get to play Rocklahoma and to, to uh, just to be in that field where I worked two years to get our band on there. And then finally we do. And we, it, it was a hair metal festival. There were out of all these great bands and it's where we met Jimmy. Jimmy walked on our tour bus smoking this joint. And I go, we're immediately best friends, Jimmy. I love you. And, and the midnight devils kind of formed from there, but now it, it was taken over by live nation or whoever AEG. And it's, it's kind of more turning into a modern, music festival a modern metal festival that being said we are still the only glam band that's still on the bill besides enough's enough who's playing i believe they're playing tomorrow night uh, and good luck to them but it's not what it was but I'm, i don't complain about that because it separates us from everybody else so we can walk around with our hair up and our makeup on and people just lose their minds because they know the history of rocklahoma and they go man this is why we're here this is why we've been coming to this and people come every year religiously and it's so cool. I feel honored to be invited back. I feel honored to be on that stage, uh, you know, opening for the band Lit. Like, that's just so cool. But that's really where we started. And we cut our teeth. We learned how to write our set list. All these people uh, helped us get there. And that's, you know, three or four years ago, that's really where we took off at. And another big show for you in the fall, you're going to be playing the Whiskey A Go-Go on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood. Seems like you should be playing there all along and you're going to be there with pretty boy Floyd. So that you must be looking forward to that one. 
Yeah, it'll be the fourth time in a calendar year that we'll be at Whiskey Go-Go. So I was telling somebody, I'm like, they should just put a plaque or some sort of a, a decoration above the urinal in the bathroom that says the Midnight Devil, like home of the Midnight Devils. I think like some something like that in the bathroom, the worst possible place you could put it. But going to, going to Hollywood and, and doing the whole Sunset Strip, you know, you play the whiskey, your name on the marquee, it's bright and sunny, there's girls everywhere. You play the show, you go up to the rainbow. And then you party all night long, you know, till the rainbow closes. It's a whole thing, but it's so brilliant and so cool and still so vibrant there that, that, you know, that's the capital. That's where rock and roll came from. That's where our style of music really took hold and, and took root and grew. So I don't take it lightly walking in through the whiskey doors, you know, that's those, that's the house that, that Motley Crue built and Van Halen and Rad and all these incredible bands that's the place and, and we're hanging out there so where does the midnight devils go from there tour wise and music wise tour wise we kick off uh in october the glam slam metal jam tour leg number two going through the south this time so we'll start in texas we do texas oklahoma alabama florida atlanta and south carolina then we take a week off and as of right now the schedule says that the midnight devils will be taking this party international and we'll be in italy uh, for Halloween, and we'll do a, a, a whole European tour uh, to kind of round out the year. And then I, I talked to Sniper, and I go, you know what, dude? Like, we got to think about once we get back from Europe, probably starting to write a new record or, or get some get some new music going, so that the next time, you know, when the cycle starts again in the spring of 2023, we're ready to roll. New new music, new videos, and you just kind of you got that momentum. You just capitalize on that momentum and keep going. Absolutely. Do you have any other music projects or is uh, the Midnight Devils take up 100% of your time? 100% of my time. This is, this is what I do. Uh, not here. I, I'm, uh, I work as a DJ at a, at a club. So it's still music related and the hours are better. You know, you go to work at 8 p.m. and get off at 3. I don't have to get up in the morning. It's fantastic. I can be this weird night walker that doesn't see the daylight. But uh, it gives a, kind of gives us this excuse and this chance to to go out and tour and, and my bosses have been really cool with it but the midnight devils is 100 percent my 100 focus uh, it, it's fulfilling because it's like uh, with this band the images and the the art and everything it, it's like we've never painted ourselves into a corner yet and i haven't found that corner so it's still so wide open anything that we can think of we're kind of creating and, and putting out there to the world and i think that that freedom and that artistic expression is is really what drives us and what drives our fans to, to you know say like you guys came for this party you came for this this atmosphere here it is let's have a good time doing it and it looks like you're out there having a good time doing it it sounds yeah. like you're having a good time doing it as well sam those are all the questions i have for you today i want to thank you for coming on the podcast the new album never beg for it out now on pavement entertainment fantastic record i'm glad to see you guys blowing up Thank you so much, George. And it, like it, like said, is a, a pleasure talking to you, and a pleasure almost going of like a year and seeing what what's what's happened in that year. It's it's a really cool thing, and uh, I thank you for taking the time to talk to me. And just remember me when you're huge and super famous. <laughs> you always got a spot on our guest list, no matter what. <laughs> Once again, I want to thank Sam Spade for coming on the Rock is George podcast for the second time. Be sure to check out the Midnight Devil's latest album, Never Beg For It, out now through Pavement Music. Head over to your favorite music streaming app, 
take a listen to the album. If you like what you hear, make sure you purchase a physical copy. Support the artist. For all things The Midnight Devils, check out themidnightdevils.com. You've been great. I've been George Dion. I'll see you again soon.